we are seeing that people are having to do more with less. There's been significant reduction in headcount across the board and MSPs and managed service providers offer an alternative to basically hiring full-time. It gives organizations the ability to leverage out tasking, if you will, and not necessarily outsourcing everything, but people transition, people need to change costs, people need to make business decisions. And MSPs are are really built around taking on responsibility and services where it might not be available in-house anymore. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Incident Report presented by Quest Technology Management. I'm Paul Burke, Director of Technology Communications. Every week, I'm joined by VP of Sales and Partnerships, Adam Burke. The Incident Report brings you conversations with thought leaders, business innovators, and channel mavericks to help you stay productive and agile in a changing technology landscape. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Incident Report, episode 47. I'm half your hosts, Paul Burke, across from me, Adam Burke, how are you doing? Fun Super Bowl weekend. Had no dog in the fight, but it was a great game. Enjoyed it. Watched the game. Glad I'm not from Philly because, man, those refs really botched it at the end. But awesome game. Really enjoyed it. How about yeah. you? I'm doing great. I agree. The game was fun. But, Adam, I can't gamble. I'm stuck here in California. I can't gamble on the game. And I discovered that you put some money on it. You went against the bookmakers, Adam. You followed your heart. And by doing that, you're a wealthier man. Made made 500 bucks of the game, Paul. I'm in Arizona. I'm allowed to uh, use the little gambling tools on your phone and put 100 bucks down in the game. You know, maybe I sold 500 bucks betting the over and the uh, Kansas City and also tied that in with a little uh, two touchdowns by Mahomes. So it was great. Got a little got a little action. Action was good. Action was good. Okay, small talk over. We can set that aside. Adam, we have so many stories to get to a wealth of information to share. For some reason, everybody's just publishing all their stories today. A lot happening in the channel, a lot happening in the marketplace. So yeah, let's get let's jump into the first one. Channelfutures.com. MSPs are seeing a surging demand amid economic uncertainty. According to a report by Parag Sheth, more than 655 MSP contracts were signed in the fourth quarter of 2022, which is up 14% year over year. They're seeing growth because more and more organizations, especially technology companies, are laying off staff. They're turning to MSPs for support. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, it was an interesting article in Channel Futures. Progress Partners kind of walks through some of the, the actual numbers. We are seeing that. People are having to do more with less. Any Anytime, you know, uncertainty comes up, anytime you're not quite sure what's happening, you know, next quarter, next year, staffs are going to be reduced. We heard about it with Zoom last week. We've heard about it multiple times with Salesforce. We've, we, there's been significant reduction in headcount across the board and MSPs and managed service providers offer an alternative to basically hiring full-time. It gives organizations the ability to leverage out tasking, if you will, and not necessarily outsourcing everything, but people transition, people need to change costs, people need, need, need to make business decisions. And MSPs are, are really built around taking on responsibility and services where it might not be available in-house anymore. And a couple of numbers, while global spending on IT and business services declined, managed services annual contract values advanced 2% to record $9.3 
as people bundle in more and more subscriptions into their managed service agreements, I think that's going to account for more and more of the growth, right? So managed services can, and we're going to get into it a little bit later, I know, but managed services can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And the way you account for your revenue, your revenue is built up of a lot of different building blocks. It could be network components. It could be, you know, traditional labor. It could be security products. It could be productivity and office suite and Microsoft products and things like that. There are a lot of different things that can get bundled into um, managed services. As more and more software subscriptions and annual contracts get wrapped into the ability for MSPs to kind of create a digital marketplace and bundle those things together, those annual contract values are, are, are going to increase as you're bundling in more and more things. This might seem like a strange question, but where is the value in saying the annual MSP contracts are $9.3 billion? While it might be an increase of 2%, if we're adding more and more things under the MSP umbrella, doesn't that kind of taint the $9.3 billion number because we're just shoving more options under the MSP umbrella? It has to do with how many variables you're, you're analyzing there, right? So you, you, so as your revenue increases, what's making up that revenue and how does your margin increase, right? So it's, it's kind of a derivative of the two things, right? So if your revenue jumps up by 50%, but your margins go down, right? Something material happened in that. What, you know, it's not top, everyone always likes to talk about top line, like, oh, we're a, you know, we're a $500 million company or we're a $2 billion company. Like, Okay, but what what are you making? What are you keeping at the end of the day? What's your margin? Are you a OEM like a Cisco or a HPE manufacturing hardware and software and in having you know eighty percent, ninety percent significant margins, or are you reselling hardware at, at a, as a distributor and getting by with less than ten, mm-hmm. right? So what what's making that up? As long as you're looking at both variables, margins and revenue and top line, I think it's still I think it's still a very an interesting metric as you're analyzing companies and analyzing partners. And the MSPs seem to really be benefiting from all this economic uncertainty. We got economic uncertainty. It was it was interesting to see. I mean, a, uh, we didn't talk about it beforehand, but Microsoft spent I think it was ten million ten billion dollars over the course of the last year on their chat GDP chat GPT kind of alliance and, and integration, right? Mm-hmm. And last week they came out with the idea that chat GPT, they're going to integrate that automation and that intelligence into their Bing search. And you've seen this kind of like split happen in the investment community between Microsoft and Google, right? For the billions of dollars that 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 Google has been impacted over the last like 10 trading days, you've seen almost a one-for-one exchange with Microsoft and Satya Nadella was talking pretty candidly that he has all the ammo he needs to incrementally steal users from Google's search revenue, right? So he can he can basically capture new demand and and it, it's so it's crazy like that they invested ten billion and their market cap increased by three hundred billion. So over the I mean that's a great investment, right? That's yeah, that's pretty good. That's I'll, a pretty I'll good return. That, I'll make that trade any day. Significant, significant returns for them. You know, thirty x, right? Pretty, pretty huge shift there for them. And this isn't a. I mean, these are these are not small companies. These are massive, massive billion dollar moves that are happening with this AI, this AI and Chat GPT integration, and 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 Google's kind of you know barred failure. That was a kind of a little bit of a 
PR disaster for them. As we're seeing that economic uncertainty, winners and losers, how people are doing, you know, more with less. I think AI and chat GPT is going to impact that, you know, labor force and, and MSPs as well. Adam, if you were doing some crystal ball work, um, some fortune telling, how do you see chat GPT affecting MSPs? I don't know. I think, I think people are going to lose a ton of money on it. And some people are going to make a ton, like we were just talking about Microsoft. But I think a lot of people are going to lose a lot of money. We're from, we're from California, right? And, and one of the things about California history, something that Tim taught me a long time ago when we were kids, it was the, you know, the gold rush, right? And you know, we're both 49er fans. And you know, during the gold rush, there were people that came out to California and everyone kind of gets crazy about the, the potential to go strike it rich. And a lot of people would go buy, buy a claim buy some picks, buy some shovels, buy some gold pans and go up and go up in the foothills and in the Sierra Nevadas and freeze to death and die. I'm not a fan of jumping into that type of a model and running into the foothills and trying to stake a claim. I'm kind of more of a fan of hanging back and selling people some picks and shovels and and if they need some help, you know, processing some things or recording some lumber or, or figuring out how to move some stuff from point A to point B, there's going to be a lot of work that needs to be created based on, on people investing in chat GPT and AI and things like that. 95%, 99% of the people who invest and try to develop something, they're going to mm. turn out like most of the 49ers did, not too well. So I, I don't know. I, a lot of people are kind of dumping a lot of critical like services and ideas into chat GPT and not to go all like college psychiatry platform here, but Carl Jung had a great quote that said, basically beware of unearned knowledge. And I think a lot of people are not really wary of unearned knowledge that they're dumping into chat GPT. And we're going to live through some side effects of that one. You're handing me the perfect segue to our next article because speaking of dumping information into AI, Welcome to Staircase AI Responder. It's a generative AI solution that will boost productivity by maintaining high-touch relationships using fewer resources. The company uses the AI Responder disrupting existing method of rule-based automation and templates. This AI-powered intelligent response solution will support B2B post-sales teams. This is intriguing. This intrigues me a new way to reach out, to connect, and grow relationships in B2B situations. Yeah, and this is kind of like one of those areas where they're going to basically, you know, lifecycle management. If you've been in the channel, everyone's heard lifecycle management for the last 10 years. And this is a way that they're using artificial intelligence and automation to maintain customer relationships, you know, update maintenance agreements, you know, hey, what platforms do you have where, who's who's managing what? So rather than manually combing through like account records and when is this renewal coming up and how do we get more people using this platform? It basically builds that out for you. So it's kind of more of a they call it post-sales lifecycle disruption. So when you buy something, how well is it being implemented? How well is it being maintained? Who's actually using it? Is it shelfware or are your, are your users getting involved and, and you know, taking advantage of everything it can do? And then when you need to renew the software, who, who knows when that actually happens? So that, that could be a productive way of using it. We'll see. They cite a survey that says professionals show 82% say playbooks are essential for customer success teams, but only half have implemented them. And additionally, 62% said playbooks are inaccurate, have irrelevant tasks, and are a waste of customer success manage, manager's time. 
oftentimes you buy software packages and, and you maybe use, it's almost like your brain. I think what we use like 10% of our brain, mm-hmm. right? Like some of these software packages are, you know, an extension of, of your mind and how much you're actually using from it, how many of the capabilities you actually get out of it. You know, you write a playbook for how to deal with a customer issue today in three months, maybe that's irrelevant. Maybe that task is irrelevant, right? So how are you, that's a lot of work to maintain those models and update those things and make sure that it's relevant. And, you know, if, if, if you write out a full script on how to deal with a problem and then you update your system and, and that whole process has changed, like you, you now have a paperweight, it's worthless. So speaking of playbooks, like I said, we had a lot of articles today, a lot of good things to get into and we're jumping over to channelinsider.com. This article is entitled what is not an MSP services to exclude from your offering. So maybe you're thinking about creating an MSP. Well, here are the things that you need to avoid that will set you up for quote unquote failure. Adam, let's get into it. First one up break fix it service providers. Adam, These companies don't provide maintenance service on a regular basis. Instead, they only offer repairs when an issue occurs. A break-fix IT service provider would address only specific issues, which could lead to an extended downtime and lost productivity. If a business works with an MSP, the MSP would constantly monitor and maintain the business's IT infrastructure, proactively fixing any potential issue before the result in extended downtime. For the business, this means less downtime and higher output. Isn't that special? That's great. <laughs> oh, I, sometimes I, I love articles, and sometimes they're written by people who are operators, and sometimes they're written theoretical. Yes, it, the concept of that is is very good, but it happens and things break. And at least in our model and what we've been built to to deal with is, if someone needs help, we're going to figure out a way to help them. The whole like, hey, don't don't offer break fix services. Like, okay, could be that's it. Could be you know, but those are usually we've seen those games being played with organizations that you know only want services revenue on their books. They don't want, or they I'm sorry, they don't want services revenue on their books. They just want, they want operational expenses or or capitalized expenses that that they can kind of play financial shenanigans with later when they're trying to be acquired. So no, I would I would disagree with that one. Not a fan. Yeah. So maybe yeah. maybe this article should be titled "How Not to Be Flexible." Well, it's not, I I was reading through it, and the reason I highlighted it was because there are so many rules around what you shouldn't do. I didn't really get, I and mean, I guess I guess it should have given it away at the, at the at the top line was basically what is not an MSP, and that's gonna so it's gonna describe all the things that it's not. And part of what it does is it kind of calls out the values of what MSP should be providing, right? Mm. So the idea of, hey, proactively seeing, you know, potential break fix issue and proactively doing it before anything can happen, conceptually, yeah, abs- that's that's a great idea, right? Now, everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face. I think Mike Tyson said that, right? Everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face. And that this kind of falls into the everyone's got a plan part of that statement. Like, that's a great plan. It's fantastic. Drives break. You have users on the on on the network. People click on the link. They're not supposed to click on the damn link. Don't click on the link. You tell them a million times, they still click on the link. So that proactive kind of concept, absolutely. So you got to be in front of things. You got to be managing things 24-7, updating it, notifying your customers. But like we saw like two weeks ago when the VMware threat came out, 
they basically told everyone, hey, um, got a little issue. Why don't you update to the latest version? It never really said anywhere in there, here's the issue and here's the specific patch you need to make and you'll be okay. It just said, ah, we got some stuff going on and mm-hmm. potential things going on here. It could be things here. Why don't you get up to the most latest issue or latest version and we'll see how it goes. That's basically what their notification said in layman's terms, you know, to, to the IT community. So and not quite sure how people would address that from a break fix standpoint. Like, yeah, everyone's got a plan. And then VMware punches you in the face. What are you going to do? So Adam, I'm going to be proactive and say that you are going to have uh, some issues with some other things I'm about to read. I'm just going to make that guess, Adam. I'm going to be proactive, get in front of it right now. The second thing that an MSP is not, according to this article, is IT project consultants. IT project consultants are experts at putting particular IT projects like software implementation or network upgrades into action for clients. A small business might engage an IT consultant to assist with upgrading its computer systems, but they wouldn't offer continuing management and maintenance. On the other hand, an MSP would constantly monitor and maintain the small business's computer system, proactively fixing any potential issues before they might result in cyber threats. That, that's great. I have nothing to disagree with that other, other than that the idea of a IT or a project consultant could augment what an MSP is doing, right? So as you're supporting the crop and, and helping tend the fields and make sure that things are operating, you know, what's, what's the plan for next season, right? What are you going to plant next season? What are your nitrogen levels? You know, Tim was a, our founder was a uh, was an agricultural economics major, so a lot of the analogies within our company have to do with ag econ, right? <laughs> so we're managing the fields, we're plowing, we're we're harvesting the wheat, but what are we doing for next year, right? What's the plan for next year? How are we going to upgrade the system? How are we going to put them in a good place from a patch management standpoint to upgrade to that latest version of VMware when? you know, you get the out of the blue message that there might be a a problem or a a vulnerability or the firewall or whatever it is. How are you going to practically do that? So yes, I agree that with that statement that an IT project consultant is not an MSP, but an MSP could absolutely partner with an IT project consultant to prepare for for next season or next year, next business cycle. Excellent point. Also reminds me, hey, everybody, go watch Clarkson Farm over on Prime. That's a great show. I still haven't got that one. That's the that's the British actor dude who goes out in the middle of nowhere and starts raising chickens. Yeah. What do you mean you haven't got it? like you haven't given it a shot or you don't understand why it's interesting to people? I haven't haven't given it a shot yet. I haven't oh, given it a shot. Give it a yeah. shot. It's enjoyable. Also, some of the best B roll in the game. If you want to just watch some like cool footage of tractors doing their tractory things, they got like just gorgeous footage. Okay. All right. So. Is it is it in line with like the B film like or B roll for for like Yellowstone? Because this last season of Yellowstone, like half the show is basically a uh, country music music video. Like it just kind of some dude singing about cows and his girlfriend and like random aerial shots of Montana. That's basically half the show now. Is it is it as good as that? There are a lot of good shots, a lot of good like drone photography shots. So yeah, if you put the right song to it, you could definitely make a music video out of this thing. Okay. All right. right. Fair enough. I'll check it out. There you go. Third up, cloud service providers. That is not an MSP, Adam, and how dare you for thinking that. A cloud service provider typically gives users access to cloud computing resources like software, storage, and virtual machines. They provide their service services online, and clients only pay for what they really use. 
Unlike MSPs, who can help manage day-to-day -day activities to prevent cloud interference, cloud service providers simply provide tools and means to manage their cloud services. Okay. Okay. I mean, fair enough. Again, everyone is entitled to their opinion. You know, from an MSP standpoint, you know, where you're helping your clients get to, this article also kind of talks about how MSPs can help accelerate cloud migrations. They call out a quote here that 36% of companies are spending more in 2022 than they were in 2020 to have a smooth transition to the cloud, right? So instead of a rocky, bumpy, painful transition that they maybe were having in 2020, they're, they're spending a little bit more upfront to help with that, that migration. That's accurate. That's something we're also seeing as well. We're seeing a lot of folks engaged to, for some assistance, planning out, scripting, and managing these, these transitions from either on-prem, private, or just move into a, a more a cloud type environment. I'll lump the last two together, security service providers and network solutions providers. So they're saying those are not MSPs. So security service providers would specialize in delivering security solutions like firewalls, intrusion detection, and prevention systems and encryption technologies. They might not com provide complete IT administration services, such as patch management and routine program updates. And network solution providers will devise a LAN, a WAN, that's that's it. They're saying that is not an MSP. Yeah, I mean, those are special specializations. You know, in, in our world, the, the security wrapper is very critical when you're offering services to a client. You want to make sure that it's available to them and they can make the decision how far you they want you to be involved in that process, as well as as well as the network. You help define and design the LAN, you help define and design their WAN environment and how you know all the remote sites are connecting to each other. At least in our world, that that ties directly into how we're going to support, manage, maintain, and 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 help them. Right. So, are they specializations? Yeah, absolutely. But I feel like they're they're building blocks to being a relevant asset to your client. Right. So, yeah. bottom line, I think all these can bundle in to an MSP. But it's always good to hear what people out there in the market are thinking about. You know these definitions. I've I've had executives tell me, yeah, yeah that's, that's not cloud or that's mm. not managed services or that's not managed security and smile and nod and appreciate the time and then go sell it anyways. <laughs> Thank you for your time. I'm going to go make money over here. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so hang out. Keep, keep defining things and, and writing, writing out the uh, definitions there, Webster. We're going to go help people, you know, sell some picks and some shovels and Wish him luck. You're making a great point. Like, yeah, you could set up boundaries. You know, you could make rules, but the more rules you make, the more limitations you're putting on yourself and the less freedom you have. Just limiting yourself isn't an achievement. Yeah, well, a lot of people kind of like to be comfortable in, in boxes, right? Like, what are you? What do you do? Who do you Who do you know? What, what What's your background? Like, everyone kind of likes to, we all kind of, there's a great book, Tribes, great book, right? You kind of, you, you associate with the tribe and, and kind of, build your specialties and that type of a thing. Our, our specialty and what we, where we were, you know, brought up in, in, in this business was basically we're, we're here to help. And that, that really can mean application development. It can mean system integration. It can mean structured cabling. It can mean, Hey, I gotta, I gotta build a new, new complex or a new data center or a new parking structure. And I want to capture license plates. Cool. That's, that's, there's three components that do that. You need, you need bandwidth, you need a license plate capture camera, and you need a, a video monitoring system. Like the, 
there's nothing special about it, but a lot of people kind of tend to think like, well, tell me the 27 times you've done this exact same project before. Well, okay. That's, that's a method of thinking about things. And I mm-hmm. think that's probably the method that you know, the gentleman who wrote this probably has. And that's okay. It's just, just not what we do. Yeah. Great point. Adam, we come to that exciting portion of the show where we like to call it, what are you looking forward to this coming week? So Adam, what are you looking forward to this coming week? Well, Paul, I live in the great state and area of Arizona and Scottsdale, Phoenix area. And uh, we recently had the Super Bowl and the waste management open. So we've had a lot of visitors, a lot of people in town here, a lot of traffic. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to a quiet weekend where there's no Super Bowl and no waste management shenanigans going on in my town. So that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. Sounds great. Well, Adam, hey, thanks for, thanks for joining me today. This has been great. This has been really insightful. I really appreciate it. And everybody listening, thank you for joining us again for Incident Report. Really awesome to have you here. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. Catch you next week. Thanks so much for listening. The Incident Report is brought to you by Quest Technology Management. With over 40 years of experience, Quest is a leading technology integrator working seamlessly with your staff and systems to achieve your IT goals. Learn more about everything they do at questsys.com. And if you have questions or suggestions for the podcast, you can always email Adam and myself at theincidentreport at questsys.com. We hope you have a great week and we'll see you next time.